On today's show, 2024 is right around the corner. Let's set some Cavs resolutions and ask the question of who is the most important person in the organization for next year. Let's dive in. You are Locked On Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast. Welcome in to a Friday episode of Lockdown Cavs, and today's episode is brought to you by PrizePicks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com backslash NBA and use code all lowercase NBA for your first deposit match up to $100. I'm Chris Manning here solo today. Jake Stevens is doing the Lord's work on production. If you haven't already, you can do two things to help the show. You can hit subscribe on YouTube, hit that notification bell, and you can go leave us a five-star review on your podcast platform. Hit subscribe there as well. We appreciate all the support. We appreciate everything uh, that the the people that are really engaged with us here at Lockdown Cavs have done for us this year, and we're excited for 2024. I'm at least excited for 2024. I don't want to speak for everybody else, but I am. I'm in a, in a good place. Cavs are fun right now. That comeback win remains the most thrilling thing I've seen that team do this year. And it's going to be a lot of fun. We will have, I will have up a recap uh, after Cavs Bucks Friday night. That's in Cleveland. Have a recap up of that game after it, after final tip. And we'll see how that game goes. We'll see if Donovan Mitchell returns. All of that and more coming up. But today's show is about resolutions. It is about turning the calendar to 2024. Next week, we're going to do some more looking ahead. I have a great guest in mind for an episode to look at three specific players and what the next year could hold for them. I think there's some looking back to do 2023 still, but I want to look ahead to next year a little bit. I am in a state with this organization when I came up with this episode structure, and oftentimes, I would say 99% of the time, I am the one coming up with the show structure. If you don't like them, you can at me, whatever, that's fine. Tell me what you'd like to see. That's cool to you. Where I am so fascinated about where they're going to go and what is going to come and how this is all going to work. The, the, the actual games themselves are obviously number one. Basketball itself is the best sport. But the mechanics of this team, the mechanics of how this organization works and where they're going and what their goals are and how they do or do not have to pivot are fascinating endlessly. And you could spin tons of webs and tell yourself tons of stories about what is happening and what are, or what isn't happening, frankly. And there's one person that starts with. So my first resolution is figure out what's going on with Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell is someone who has a lot of the Cavs' future on his plate. He is the best player on the team right now. I think with where Evan Mobley has gone this year, and obviously I was out, and and what Darius Garland is and what he is not, there's a chance Mitchell's just the best guy on the team. And that maybe is something I have not emphasized enough, that that's just maybe the best guy on the team. And whether he wants to be here long-term or not, that's just a fact. What I will say, and something I feel pretty strongly about with him, is that you do have to figure out what is going on with him and not let it cloud your overall future. 
For starters, he is extension eligible coming up. He's extension eligible now. He'll be extension eligible again in the summer. If he does not want to sign one in, let's say, June or July, then you are in a position, if you're the Cavs, where you do have to face uncomfortable reality that maybe you do have to move on from him. And that it's better to do that ahead of time than it is to wait too long. You look at around the league right now, there are situations where trades have kind of dragged on and, and been not helpful or trades haven't been done. I look at Toronto and Pascal Siakam is not as good as Donovan Mitchell, but they're kind of in no man's land with him because they waited up until his contract expires in six months and he might only want to go certain places. And does that eliminate teams that might want to trade for him? Or do the teams that might want to trade for him also not have the assets you might you might like to get back for a player that has been so key to you and helped you win a title in the Cavs case? With Mitchell, you gave up a ton to get him. You, I think, need clarity on the situation this year. It is coming in one way or the other. It is, I don't think it is coming in the next month, but ahead of the trade deadline. I think that much feels pretty clear. There has been so much reporting over the last couple of weeks. Zach Lowe had it. I mean, I've heard this. I think Evan has heard this. Chris Fedor has reported it. Everyone under the sun that has any lick of connection to the Caps has, I think, been told some version of the same thing that the Cavs aren't looking to trade Mitchell right now, that they're not actively exploring that. That could change, right? Maybe that does, but it would take a pretty drastic change to me for that to switch in season, or maybe that's just bad posturing, whatever it is. With Mitchell, though, you get to next summer. If he has one year left on his deal... And he says, yeah, I don't want to sign something now. I need another year. I, I think there's, there's some pressure to make a decision and move on from him at that point. Then you get into possible trade scenarios. Is it the Knicks? Is it the Heat? What kind of value can get on the market? Who, who is actively going to give you the best package possible? There's a lot of complications when it comes to that. You're, you might not get an overwhelming return. It's possible that your your hands are tied and you end up in a, in a tough spot there and you maybe don't get everything you would have wanted in that possible trade. But there's just no denying that I think you do need some clarity on what Mitchell is. That's going to inform your roster the rest of the way. That's going to inform how you spend in a bunch of different ways. Because if you are going to spend on Mitchell, okay, you kind of understand where you're at as far as cap space goes. You understand that you have Garland on a max. Mobley's going to get a big contract in the summer. I, I'd expect he's going to get the rookie max. Jared Allen still, you know, it's $20 million in a rising cap, but it's still $20 million. Donovan Mitchell's going to make a lot of money. That's going to impact the rest of the spend on your roster, what you can afford, how you need to fill out the rest of the roster. Then if you trade Mitchell, you know, if it, let's just say it's the Knicks, and you get quickly, and you get, Grimes and you get some picks. Okay, so you're going to have to pay quickly immediately. Grimes will be due a contract. You're still spending there anyway, but the money's being spent in a different way and over multiple players. If it's the Heat, okay, you're getting matching salaries. Maybe some of them go off the books and you're getting, and I think you'd be asking for Jaime Jaquez. And if, by all account, I don't know if you're getting in my vast star lock, then Heat guys, uh, Wes Goldberg and David Ramillo about Jaquez, and they've just been like, yeah, they're not trading that guy. But you have to ask, right? And maybe they feel more pressure you're for now in a way they didn't for Dame. I don't know. There's at least some cost control there. Mitchell and whatever happens with him, it's going to have an impact. Or, frankly, you just keep him and you pay him and you figure it out later. You could 
do that, but at least you'd have a contract. At least you'd then have him under team control and able to trade him without having to, if you needed to trade him, worry about not getting Akin Valley back or having him walk. That is, there are a bunch of scenarios here. The three main ones, trade him, resign him, let him run it out of here. I think the first two are the likeliest. I think you could convince me in a, in a couple of different ways of how this is going to break out. And certainly Mitchell is great. And I think you just keep the guy if he wants to stay. There's a reason you traded for him in the first place. Even if there are some questions to me about what his ultimate ceiling and, and everything and, and where he really falls among the league's best, best players kind of looks like. I think that's all fair. So I, I just think you're in a question with him where you do need clarity. You do need to know where this is going. I think they probably have a better idea internally than anyone does in the media. They know the behind-the-scenes stuff, all that stuff. But I think some clarity on the situation is coming. I think it's necessary. I think the organization will be better for it. But that's going to be the story of the first six months of the year, I think. The playoffs will matter too. But what happens with Mitchell and what would he wants or does not want and what the team wants and does not want and how this all shakes out is not just going to reverberate this year, but it's going to reverberate into the future on its impact. It's absolutely a massive thing to watch the rest of the way here. And getting some clarity and figuring out where this team ultimately stands in all in all aspects of it, it's going to be one of the defining stories of the year. All right, after this, let's go to resolution number two. And it's going to sound, I think, a little bit paradoxical to how I've talked about Mitchell and keeping timelines open and keeping flexibility open. But there's a point too. We'll talk about that after this. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They are the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It is just you versus the numbers. You don't have to battle thousands of players and pros and sharks. It's just you pick more or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. With basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League. That is a league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James and Travis Kelsey at a a 10.5 combo of three-pointers made and receptions. Prize Picks also offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. So if a player exits the game in the first half, does not return in the second, that player is rebooted for football and basketball games. Prize Picks, by the way, also now has Apple Pay, which is great. Go to prizepicks.com backslash locked in NBA and use our code locked in NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Price Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. That is pricepicks.com backslash locked on NBA, code locked on NBA. For a great second listen today, I would say check out Locked on Bucks. That's going to be two new hosts over there doing a great job. Cavs Bucks Friday night. Go check it out. Get prepped for that opponent uh, and all that is coming there. So number two for me is be in the moment and maximize what you have right now. I am all for, and I think the correct approach with Mitchell considering the Cavs mid-market status, all of that, is to look at Donovan Mitchell and say, we cannot let you impact our future in a really 
pour away, right? Like you can't, you cannot define our entire future and we can't be bound to what or does not work with you, right? I think that is all true. Organizations have to be mindful of the future and plan and and not be so in the moment that it costs them down the line and make imprudent decisions for the sake of something that isn't there. We see teams every year make trades, make signings that cost them and that hurt them in the long run. But you also never know how long your window is. You don't. You don't know 100%, right, that you're going to make the playoffs every year. Very few teams can say that, especially you need to have Jokic or LeBron in his prime or Embiid or Giannis. Like you need these God-tier, A-tier level guys to assume that. And even then, it can go wrong sometimes. Look at the Suns this year with how they're, they've not played up the snuff with Durant and Booker. Look at the, where the Warriors are at right now, despite Curry still being very good. The league is so competitive. The league is so talented that you have to be mindful that sometimes you could get passed by. And I think you also just have to push for the best season you can every single year and be willing to go for it at times. I think if you're Cleveland, part of what is coming here is a need, not a need, but I think a realization that not everything is going to be the same every year. You cannot bank on this just existing forever. You can't 100% bank that because you have Darius Garland, Evan Mobley, and they're both going to be signed that you're just going to be great for a long time. You need to go make moves. You need to make hard decisions at times. You need to do a lot to maximize what you have in these moments. You know, you can aim for consistency. You can aim for year over year sustained success. But the goal of this league is to win championships. The goal of this league is to make playoff runs. I think especially when you have guys that are good and you have guys that are still growing, you owe it to yourself to just go for it. You don't know when this is going to end. You don't know when an opportunity is going to break your way. Look at the Atlanta Hawks as, as, a, as a point here. Certainly you could just say that like, hey, maybe don't trade for DeJounte Murray to pay with Trey Young and that hasn't worked. I think that that's certainly the case and they're sliding right now. But look at how fast it seems like their window came and went. They, they per- definitely, I think, overachieved in getting to the conference finals that one year. Thank you to Ben Simmons. I, I think they would. But then what have they done since? Nothing. And right now they're sliding. And they've paid guys that aren't very good. And they feel like they're in a situation that maybe something has to change again. But they got somewhere and they went for it. And there's something I I at least respect about that, that they decided, hey, they decided, hey, like, you know what? We made the conference finals. We have Trey. Let's be ambitious. We want to got Quinn Snyder. Let's be ambitious. There is something entirely admirable about that. And if if you're a Cavs fan and you're listening to the show, I think you want your team to be ambitious. I think you want your team to go for it at times. There's a trade they can make this year within reason, and they don't have a ton of assets, but if they can turn Ricky Rubio and some picks into something that helps them, I think they should do it. I think if, the, if, if trading like Dean Wade and some picks to get someone makes you better, you should do it. Dean Wade is like a nice success story. He's on an affordable contract, all that stuff. But can you get better and get a guy that's going to fit your team, not just right now, but maybe like next year, even he's a little bit older and it, it means a change? Yeah, I think you go for it. I think if you can maximize what you can be and give your chances better chances to win, you can do that. There are obviously limits to that. 
you can go overboard. You can indulge in too much of a good thing. And I also wouldn't want to stop development. I mean, I think Amani Bates, I think Craig Porter Jr., not so much as Amobi now, but I think you want to develop your own guys. I think that's why the G League matters. I think that's why the charge and the work they're doing down there matters. I think that's why at times it's been good to see those guys get actual minutes. That's been really cool in its, in its own right too. But I think you just also really need to be aware that this doesn't last forever. That you can't guarantee anything in the NBA. Stuff changes. Guys get traded. Guys get hurt. No one, nothing lasts or goes exactly how you plan it to be. And, and this brings me back to Mitchell. Because if... I would feel skittish about this. And all the reporting and the way it's talked about, I think, nationally would make me skittish about this as well. And Kobe Allman's a really smart guy. But he... So I'm sure he he knows this. But... If I was him, it would make me skittish too. If you decide next year that it's like, hey, Donovan Mitchell, we have one year with him. We just got to go for it and try to prove it to him. And we and we don't feel like the value we're getting back from the Knicks or the Heater or whatever is really worth it. Like, we just want to go for it. Then, you know what? I, I, applaud, I would applaud them for that. I would feel squeamish about it. I would feel worried about it because you gave up so much for Mitchell. And you're, you're not, then just maybe not... Co- getting value back and I said in segment one that that would make me squeamish that you don't want to end up in that situation but I also would respect it I I would understand that it's like you know what if we're getting a poo-poo platter of stuff back and we have Mitchell for one more year and we think we can prove it to him we think we can win and, and compete for something then maybe do it now you have to look yourself hard in the mirror and say okay what did the last two years really go for us where what is our ceiling what is our real ceiling you know, is it just second the second round? Do you have this year and, you know, the the Knicks series, and that you don't get out of the first round or something, and that leaves you stuck, right? And then you say, okay, like we did, we actually do anything. What what is there to build on here? And there's nothing to write home about. Then you're in trouble. But let's say you make a run this year. Maybe you pull something out here and you really improve this year and you get to a really great place. Then maybe you just say, you know what, Donovan. We understand you're not signing the extension. Maybe this changes in three months and we lose a little bit of value in a trade. But we feel like there's something here. Let's go for it. I would applaud that. This is, again, not a league that lasts forever. This is not a league where everything just is kumbaya and your favorite guy is going to be in the same team for 10 years just because it's cool and fun. Stuff changes. It has never changed more than it has now, I would argue. So go for it. If the opportunity is there... Know your window short and go for it. At the very least, it would be interesting. That's where I'm at with that. All right, after this, who is the most important person in the Cavs organization? I've said his name already. It's not Donovan Mitchell. We'll do that after this. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel, the official sports book of Locked On right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That is $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So right now, FanDuel.com slash on and kick off the NFL season. Continue the NBA season as well. They will have lines up for Cavs Bucks. If they don't, by the time you're listening to this, they will soon. 
They'll have futures. They have all kinds of awesome stuff. And actually, the line right now for Cavs Bucks, Cavs are five point underdogs at home. They are plus 180 on the money line, Bucks minus 215 favorites. Check all that out at fanduel.com slash locked on, official sportsbook of locked on. New customers, $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. All right, so who is the most important person in the Cavs organization heading into the new year? I'm, I'm going to cheat. I'm going to give you two names, but they're for two different reasons. And they're both at the executive level. Number one is Kobe Allman. This is the easiest one. This is the layup of the show. This is the easiest, most obvious thing I could have said, I think, this entire show. You could argue it's Mitchell. I think you could argue it's Mobley in terms of needing his development to come along. You could argue J.B. Bickerstaff as the head coach. But think about who's holding all of the levers for this Cavs organization. Think about who is holding what happens with Mitchell and what other trades to make. Who is the final decision maker in that regard? It's Kobe Allman, the president of basketball operations. What he thinks, and you know, at the extension of Mike Gainsey and all that, what, what that organization thinks is the right decision as far as players, as far as coaches, as far as Donovan Mitchell, as any aspect you want to consider, it's ultimately going to come down to Kobe Altman. He is the one who's going to have to answer for it. He is the one whose job performance will be looked at as a result. He is the one who is going to make the hard decisions at the end of the day. J.B. Bickerstaff will have an opinion. Ownership, Dan Gilbert and Grant Gilbert will have opinions. The players will have opinions. Agents that they hear from will inform those decisions and, and cause them to make certain decisions. All of that is true. But the buck stops with Kobe Altman. Ultimately, at the end of the day, he has to be the one that decides this. And he will then have to, after something happens at media day, whatever, have to then answer and explain those decisions. He is the one wielding the levers of power in this organization as far as basketball decision-making goes. And there's a lot of pressure. This is going to be a pivotal year. This is going to be a year where Donovan Mitchell's future likely gets decided, and you have an Evan Mobley contract, and you have other trades to make, and you have to navigate this Ricky Rubio situation and handle that with tact and care and, and, not, come, and not do something that is, frankly, unfair to Rubio considering his mental health and all of that. You have to figure out where this team is going. You have to chart the direction for this team. You have to decide, okay, are we going to keep trying to level up in some way, or do we need to take a half step back and readjust? Do we want to move to Evan Mobley at the five and make a drastic style of play change if Jared Allen leaves? That's ultimately all up with Kobe Altman. And for me, that makes him the most important person in this organization. No one else has their finger in every little thing in the way that person and that job has to do. They have to work with the coaches. They have to have a relationship with agents, the players, make decisions, all that stuff. It's on him. Ultimately, the buck stops with Kobe Altman as far as where this team is going and what the future of this organization looks like. The players have an impact. The coach has an impact. But the person making the decisions at the end of the day, the person deciding what works and what doesn't, who has to analyze everything and be the one making final calls, it's Kobe Altman. The other person is Dan Gilbert. Probably also not a shocker. But Dan Gilbert is reportedly more involved. It doesn't seem like it is 
the same way it might have been before. Jason Lloyd has reported on this, and there's there's probably more reporting to come at some point. So maybe he does get more involved, than, and you see some changes because there's an impetus to change things. That that has happened in the past. We know that about Dan Gilbert as an owner. Grant has, I think, in his role, been a little different. The organization has been in a different era. Those guys are obviously signed to long contract extensions in terms of Bickerstaff and Altman. So like they have to eat money. Okay. The other part of this to me is the money side of it and, and the capital of this organization. What I'm about to say is just purely speculative. I'm not telling you I know anything. I, I don't know anything about this as far as how likely it is. But the NBA is heading into this really interesting era where the money is going up and up and up and up. Dan Gilbert is one of the richest people in the world, so he has a lot of money. He could spend a lot of money tomorrow, and it'd be more than I spend in an entire lifetime. Any of us would spend an entire lifetime. But we're in this era where we're seeing investment from outside people, and we're seeing unique organization structures. To me, the one of, aside from the, like the Nuggets winning the title and LeBron and all that stuff, to me, the biggest story in all of basketball this year is Mark Cuban selling his stake in the Mavericks. Selling some of his stake in the Mavericks to the Adelson family and taking something of a different role within an organization. That is one of the most public, long-tenured owners in the league. Him stepping back is very much a business play. It is bringing in people that have gambling infrastructure in the Adelson family and saying, you know how to do this. When sports betting becomes legal in Texas, we want to profit off of this. Also, we just want more money in the organization to spend on facilities and players as, as the cap goes up and all of that stuff. Do the Cavs at some point, does Dan Gilbert and, and the Gilbert family at some point look for something like that? I don't think there's a world where they are going to like sell the team. And they're not, to their credit, you, if you say anything you want about them, the biggest, the best thing you can say about them is they're not like the Dolans and don't don't spend like they have spent when when the time comes to spend. But do they? Do we see some kind of evolution of the organization structure? Maybe not even twenty twenty four, but twenty twenty five, as the salary cap goes up, as TV deals come up, and that's also a really big story for next year. Um, is what's going to happen with with the Cavs' local TV rights? It's still very much up in the air, by all accounts. Do they go look for some money? And what does that mean for the Gilbert era? What does that mean for how this organization works? Does it change things? Does it make them bigger players? Do, do they just stand pat and, and fall behind if other teams spend more? That, to me, is one of the most fascinating stories you could look at as far as where this Cavs team is going. It's, does the organization structure change in any way? As Dan continues to get older, do they want to bring in more capital? Is there ways they want to modernize the organization? It, they, they have the Caesars partnership. There's a sports book there. All that stuff is already kind of there. But are there certain parts of this organization that they want to modernize and do as a way to make more money and then spend more money on the team? There's ways you could do it, and there's people out there with money. I mean, you're. I think we're we might be past the day of single team rich owners being the best ownership model. You might. It's going to be groups. Man, Ishpia is a group. Um, the Wizards have taken on overseas money. The obviously the Mavericks are in the situation. There's there's people that have invested in the Pacers. This is going to be something that at some point perhaps comes up with the Cavs and someone wanting to invest lots of money, take on some sort of ownership stake. And what does that mean for, for Dan Gilbert? And, and where does, what are his thoughts on this? We don't know. We, we might never hear from Dan in a media session again. And I, that, that's fine. Probably won't hear from Grant either. I, I don't know what these decisions are. We might not know until it gets reported one day. But it's just something on my mind as that when that happened with Mark Cuban, if it happened with Mark Cuban, if Mark Cuban took that money and decided to do something different with his business, his NBA team, 
could happen anywhere, including Cleveland, Ohio with the Gilberts. All right, we're going to end there. I'm Chris Manning. Thanks again for tuning in. Happy end of the work week. Back with you Saturday morning for one last show for this year in 2024, recapping Cavs Bucks. Be well, take care of yourselves, enjoy the hoops.